The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Your host is Rochelle McLaughlin. It's time to experience radical well-being. Learn to nourish your heart, body, and mind. Manifest your power in the present. And learn to live your life's infinite potential. Now, here's your host, Rochelle McLaughlin. Welcome, everyone. Wow, it sure has been a wet and rainy few weeks here in California, and this kind of weather inspires me to stay close to home and prepare nourishing food for myself and my family and friends. And the skills that I have today related to cooking nourishing food has a great deal to do with my guest today, the president of Weston A. Price Foundation, prolific author and public speaker, Sally Fallon Morrell. We are going to be talking with Sally today about her fascinating new book, Nourishing fats, why we need animal fats for health and happiness. Before we get started, just to give you a little personal background, that when I, when I went off to college in the 90s, I was exposed to all kinds of important topics on ecology and sustainability, uh, including the unfortunate horrors of factory farming, otherwise known as CAFOs. And as a result of learning about the terrible state of our food system and the way these animals were and are being treated, I made the sudden shift to vegetarianism and over the course of several years dipped in and out of even veganism. This was also a time of intense propaganda about the so-called health benefits of a low-fat, high-carb diet for which I swallowed hard. And knowing what I know now, it's not hard to imagine that I was heading straight for a health crisis and actually actually multiple health crises, unfortunately. The great turnaround around for me came when my husband and I started considering getting pregnant and the research on the topic of fertility said the opposite of everything I was doing including the necessary nutrients and saturated fats pasture raised animal protein and a low carb diet was the way to support fertility and healthy pregnancy and I as I made these shifts which really often felt sometimes sometimes like turning the titanic due to the deeply held <laughs> belief patterns about what i was told was healthy for so many years but my body ultimately told me the truth and it still tells me the truth which is which was and is that i i indeed do need saturated fats for my own overall health my mental well-being i do need pasture raised animal protein and i could do without refined carbohydrates very often. And I'm thrilled to have present president of the Weston A. Price Foundation, Sally Fallon Morrell, and the author of the best-selling cookbook, Nourishing Traditions, here with us once again on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio, this time to talk about her latest pioneering book, Nourishing Fats, Why We Need Animal Fats for Health and Happiness, and to explain to us why animal fats are not villains, as we are all led to believe, how they protect against disease, support cell function and hormone production, and they help our our bodies make 
feel-good chemicals. So without greater ado, let me <laughs> introduce our guest, Sally Fallon Morell. Sally Fallon Morell has initiated and inspired the food trends of the last 20 years. Butter, raw milk, bone broth, fermented condiments, healthy soft drinks, and pasture-raised animal foods. She is the author of the best-selling cookbook, Nourishing Traditions with Mary G. Aneg, PhD, as well as the Nourishing Traditions book of Baby and Child Care with Tom Cowan, MD, Nourishing Broth with Kayla Daniel, PhD, CCN, and now Nourishing Fats, Why We Need Animal Hats, Fats for Health and Happiness. And <clears throat> she serves as the founding president of the Weston A. Price Foundation, as I mentioned, dedicated to restoring nutrient-dense food to American tables. Welcome, Sally. Thank you so much for being oh. <laughs> Well, it was quite an intro. You know, uh, we were talking in our office uh yesterday how often you're given two choices and neither choice is the right choice and you think something is really bad so you go to uh, you know CAFOS and conventional animal production which it is and you hop over to vegan vegetarianism but there's a third choice there that we're not told about and you're absolutely right uh, it's clean food, and that includes clean animal foods. And, and again, with the fats, uh, so one choice that people are given is a low-fat diet with or with some healthy plant oils, you know. And then the second fat is what I call, uh, choice is what I call the pornographic foods, just loaded with all the bad fats. But there is a third way, and that is the real traditional fats that mankind has eaten forever, forever. Mm -hmm. And these are the animal fats. And whether you're an Aboriginal person in Australia, an American Indian, uh, you know, uh, coming from the British Isles or Switzerland or wherever, people had these, uh, these animal fats and used them all the time. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because it was a few years ago where I I recall watching, it was like a, documentary and they were featuring the Inuit and they're and they they eat you know a tremendous amount of the whale blubber the fat yes they were and they were actually you know highlighting how healthy these people were and I but the dogma was so entrenched in my own head I thought well that must be just like a and then you know uh like, you know, it's yeah, just paradox. not possible. A paradox, right? Exactly. But it's not. Yeah. So I wonder if you can um, talk about that a bit. Well, the Eskimos, 80% of their calories are fat. But, you know, even moving south, I'm just reading a fascinating book uh, by Samuel Hearn, who was the first European to go into northern Canada. And he... This uh, trip took him, he was gone about three years. He traveled with the Indians. And they, if the hunting was good, they would stop and hunt deer. And first they ate the organ meats, of course. And um, they would uh, cut the meat in strips and dry it. And then he said, then we, and then they'd pound it into a powder. And he said, and then we were able to leave carrying our dried meat and fat. So it was always the dried meat and fat, and they never just had the dried meat. They always had it with the fat. Uh, The beavers they hunted uh, in the winter when they were really fat. He talks about the buffalo, and their preferred part of the buffalo was the um, part under the, you know, around the neck. And he said it was beautifully marbled with fat. So, (laughs) I mean, whenever they could, they they really gorged on the fat. Mm -hmm. And we find this pattern everywhere 
Yes. People wanted the fat. They didn't have people to tell them fat wasn't any good. Right, so right. They hit the fat. <laughs> <laughs> so how, Sally, how did we get so far off in, well, in this modern yeah. culture? I know. Well, the, my uh, new book, Nourishing Fats, uh, starts with to answer just that question and it really goes back to the early 1900s when Procter and Gamble figured out how to take cottonseed oil which was a big waste product and it was an oil and they needed to use it for soaps and so uh, they learned how to harden that oil by partial hydrogenation and uh, then the uh, the electric light oh and they used it for soaps excuse me and they also used it for candles Well, then electricity came along, (laughs) and they had all of this uh, hard fat that they were going to use for candles, and there was no market for candles anymore. So they thought, what are we going to do with this stuff? Well, it looked like lard, so why not, you know, promote it as something you can eat? And Mm. nobody had ever really eaten this stuff before. (laughs) But they, you know, full steam ahead, and they began to market it in very clever ways by demonizing their competition, which was lard and butter. And that's, you know, a very uh, age-old way of promoting something. You Mm -hmm. uh, put down your competition, and and that's where where it all started. those early ads are really funny to read if it weren't so sad because Mm -hmm. they have kind of the trappings of science, sort of scientese language, but there's no science there at all. It's just, you know, it's just advertising copy. And I think, I think the readers, once they see this, then they, and then I also look at advertising copy from the 50s and the 70s. And it's the same kind of language, you know. It's got this little scientese uh, feel to it. <laughs> but it's not science <laughs> at all. Yes. It's so unfortunate. And uh, you do go into detail about the, you know, the, the peril of eating those kinds of fats. Can you speak about that a little bit? Yes, so I call them the industrial fats and oils, and there's really two types. There's the part, the type that's been hardened by partial hydrogenation, you know, with the trans fats. And uh, my colleague for many years, Mary Enig, was the first scientist to warn the public about trans fats. And although she's no longer with us, um, she has definitely been vindicated, and the, the industry's pretty much gotten them out of the food supply, so... Okay, that seems like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like to say we've jumped from the fire pan, frying pan to the fire because now people are going for the liquid polyunsaturated oils. And what they don't realize is that one of the reasons they kept using the trans fats in the early days was because they knew those liquid oils were very unstable and caused cancer. They were highly carcinogenic. But we're not hearing that today. I just watched something on the internet today, Walter Willett, who's an esteemed uh, uh, nutritionist, uh, promoting these liquid oils. He's butter, you don't want to eat butter, you want to eat these healthy liquid oils. And I do have a chapter on them just talking about really how unhealthy these oils are. They're they're unstable, they break down, they cause cancer, <clears throat> they initiate the process that causes the buildup of plaque, uh, they give you wrinkles, they cause premature aging, they cause infertility, <laughs> uh, they, they disrupt the immune system, they disrupt cell function because your cells can't work 
properly when you're eating too many of these oils. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's all there in the science, and there's really no excuse for promoting these as being healthy. And what what is it, you know, what's their reasoning that these are healthy oils? What are you hearing, like, Mr. Willits? How's he? The reasoning is that they're not saturated, you see. Mm-hmm. Because if you're eating these healthy liquid oils, you don't have to eat the saturated fats. That's the reasoning. Mm-hmm. And so I do have a whole chapter actually on saturated fats, just talking about the roles of saturated fat. Mm-hmm. And they are absolutely essential for everything in the body. Just um, one example is the lungs. Uh, the lungs produce a, um, a substance called, um, um, that uh, a substance that helps us breathe, okay? Mm-hmm. And sur- it's called surfactant. And, um, if, and that surfactant is made up of saturated fats. It has to be saturated or your lungs won't work. And if you eat too many polyunsaturated oils, um, they actually, the surfactant, which creates a kind of bubble, soap bubble, it breaks and it can't work. And if you have too many trans fats, uh, the air can't go back and forth. So the only way your lungs will work is if you have a lot of saturated fats in there. And this is basic biochemistry, but very few scientists actually remember this or acknowledge it. You know, it's fascinating that you say that because when I was in undergrad and, you know, still eating this, you know, low fat diet that was so um, just propagandized, we had a biochemist who would, who went through the Krebs cycle very clearly. She took basically margarine through the Krebs cycle and showed how it literally broke down like the cell structure. And then she went through the Krebs cycle with butter and how, and showed that it, this is like how nature intended. And uh, it was just fascinating. And she did that a couple times over the course of the semester. It was really like, she was really trying to get this message across. (laughs) And this was, you know, the late nineties. And, um, and so I really, it was vivid, even though it's still, you know, I didn't shift to butter at that time, but now looking back at it, I thought, you know, she really knew what she was talking about. But it you're, it's it really comes down to the cell structure. So what is it about? So okay, I, we know. I, let's say these these functions in the body require saturated fat. Where is it that you know I have to eat the saturated fat? Why isn't my body able to just make the saturated fat? Like I don't have to eat saturated fat, but my body will make it. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Like we actually need to eat this. Oh, well, actually, no, you don't need to eat it. Your body okay. can make saturated fat, and okay. that's the backup plan because it needs so much saturated fat for the cells to work, for everything to work, even okay. for your mitochondria to work. So uh, the backup plan is carbohydrates, and your body very efficiently can make saturated fat from refined carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So your, so if you're not eating plenty of saturated fat, you will definitely rec- uh, crave carbohydrates Mm -hmm. Uh, the problem is first of all your body has to put a lot of energy into making those saturated fats and there's certain types of saturated fats that it can't make that it actually gets from the animal fats but also secondly the animal fats have a lot of nutrients in them that you're not going to get from your carbs Um, vitamin a vitamin d vitamin k vitamin uh, lots of minerals and lots of special uh, types of fats that uh, I, I go into in the book that you're just not going to get from your carbs. So you'll, it's, it's sort of like if you ate the animal fats, you get your saturated fats 
plus 30 other things. But mm-hmm. if you eat you the carbs, all you get is your saturated fats and nothing else mm-hmm. that, the, that you would get, all the little cofactors and things mm-hmm. that you would get from eating the, the animal fat. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense for me as well because I certainly had lots of craving, carbohydrate cravings back yeah. then. And I really struggled with my weight. And I know so many, I'm sharing my own story because I know this is happening often for many other people. Can you speak to that? Like, why is this, why, a little bit more about the, the craving aspect and then the weight, you know, the challenge with weight when we're not eating um, healthy pastured animal fats. Right. It's kind of unfortunate that the word for the fat that we eat is the same as the word for the fat in our bodies. Mm. So it just seems so logical. If you're going to eat fat, you'll get fat. Mm-hmm. But that's not correct. Um, first of all, certain types of fats are more likely to make you fat. Trans fats and the vegetable oils are more likely to make you fat than the animal fats. Mm-hmm. But uh, I go through a number of studies in the book um, that really vindicate the fats for weight loss. And I think one of the reasons is that the fats, the saturated fats support thyroid function. Mm. And of course, if you have a good healthy thyroid gland, you have a, it's like your fire is burning hotter, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and you'll need more fuel just to, to, you know, stay the same weight. So you can actually eat more and not gain weight when you have a good active thyroid gland. Mm-hmm. And uh, butter, butter has so many wonderful things in it, but three things in particular that are essential for thyroid function. One is vitamin A. You can't make thyroid hormones without vitamin A. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is something called butyric acid, which is uh, very important for thyroid function. And the third is iodine. So butter is really the ideal fat for the thyroid gland. And yet, of course, people avoid it thinking it's going to make them fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Sally, it's time to take a short break. And before we go, I'd love to share an excerpt from your book, Nourishing Fats. You say, anyone who has eaten his way across France has observed that the French diet is loaded with saturated fats in the form of butter, eggs, cheese, cream, liver, meats, and rich pâtés. Yet the French have a lower rate of coronary heart disease than many other Western countries. In the United States, over 300 of every 100,000 middle-aged men die of heart attacks each year. In France, the rate is half that, at 145 per 100,000. In the Gascony region, where goose and duck liver form a staple of the diet, this rate is remarkably low, 80 per 100,000. This phenomenon has gained international attention as the French paradox, but other European countries show paradoxical patterns as well. The highest rates of saturated fat consumption in Europe occur in France, followed by Switzerland, the Netherlands, Iceland, Belgium, Finland, and Austria. Yet these same countries have the lowest rates of death from heart disease in Europe, while the countries with low rates of saturated fat consumption have higher rates of coronary heart disease. And we can, we'll talk more with <laughs> Sally Fallon Morell when we on the other side of this break. You can connect with Sally Fallon Morell's pioneering work at westonaprice.org and nourishingtraditions.com. We will be right back with Sally Fallon Morell. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? 
Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright. Revolutionary Wellness. Subscribe today at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and begin your journey into the mystery. Engage with experts in topics of nourishment, wisdom, and empowerment. Develop mental clarity. Live wholeheartedly and be empowered to live an authentic life of passion and purpose. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. Log on and subscribe to Revolutionary Wellness Magazine today and experience the publication devoted to your journey toward extraordinary health and well-being. RevolutionaryWellnessMagazine.com to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is a clinician of mind-body medicine, lifestyle change, and self-healing. She is a life mentor, author, and publisher of Revolutionary Wellness Magazine. You can reach Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. The American Council on Science and Health, which describes its mission as ensuring that peer-reviewed mainstream science reaches the public, the media, and the decision makers who determine public policy, tracks nutrition reporting in major magazines. In a 2001 report, 14 out of 20 magazines received a rating as excellent or good sources of nutrition advice. The three magazines rated excellent were Parents, Cooking Light, and Good Housekeeping. The report recorded... As good news, the fact that for the first time since these surveys began, no magazine ranked as a poor source. What this means is that the food industry has control of all the major magazines, and not one of them can be expected to publish anything but the conventional dogma that saturated fat is bad for all ages, even babies and little children. This is from Sally Fallon Morell's book, Nourishing Fats. This is a well-researched, thought-provoking guide to traditional fats containing it contains a startling message that animal fats and cholesterol are not villains but vital factors in the diet necessary for normal growth proper function of the brain and nervous system protection from disease and optimum energy levels and happiness my guest today Sally Fallon Morell is the president of Weston A. Price and you can connect with her amazing work on westonaprice.org and nourishingtraditions.com where Sally has just published a Bringing Up Baby series that you'll definitely want to check out. And Sally, welcome back. Thank you. Can we dive into that about the um, children, the bringing up babies? What's the effect on them when we're... Yeah, this is this is where it gets really tragic, Rochelle. Mm-hmm. So this a prudent diet where they ate cold breakfast cereals instead of eggs and bacon, and they used margarine instead of butter, and fish and chicken instead of beef with you know more fat. Uh, this was first heralded as something for middle-aged men who were prone to heart attack, mm-hmm. and it didn't do them any good. I actually go through the studies; they actually had more deaths from heart disease when they went on the prudent diet, but. Um, what's so tragic is that all of a sudden they applied this to children. Mm-hmm. And that started in 1991 when 
and that this was the advice told to all the pediatricians when the parent comes in for the two-year-old checkup that's when you give them the lecture mm -hmm. uh, no more whole milk no butter no eggs or you know low fat low fat and you know, th th there was absolutely no research on this. Well, let me say there was some research on this, but it showed that children who were brought up this way had failure to thrive. They had poor motor skills. They had less in lower intellectual development. They were smaller and shorter and weaker. And uh, yet this persists uh, to this day. Um, and of course, we're seeing a lot of obesity in children brought up this way. One of the things that babies and children need in much higher levels than adults is cholesterol. Because they don't make cholesterol. They have to get it from their diet. And cholesterol is what you need in your brain to form connections, to, you know, to, to have all those uh, glial cells connect in the brain. You need it for your myelin. Uh, cholesterol is a critical factor in the production of myelin. And you also need it for the structure and development of your second brain which is the gut and of course this is why we're seeing so much leaky gut so many children with digestive problems today so this this has been absolutely tragic and i don't hesitate to say it's more than tragic it's genocide hmm. our parents are getting genocidal advice that is uh the, the consequences will be that they will have very sick children that will need a lot of medical care and these children are like to be, to, likely to have lower intellectual development than they normally would have. And they have all sorts of problems, digestive behavior, depression, um, learning disabilities, because their brains need cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one reason they absolutely need these, these animal foods and animal fats. Uh, another problem is anemia. Because you need iron for anemia, and the best sources of iron are red meat and shellfish. And you need vitamin A to absorb the iron, and you get the iron, the vitamin A from the animal fats. And anemia is very serious in a child. A child who's anemic will have stunted intellectual development. They tend to be very shy and uh, a, a non-social, uh, you know, description very similar to to autism they, they have a hard time with social referencing they're clingy they're you know they're not the type of exploring child who's really interested in the world so that's that's another problem that we get with these low-fat diets in children and I can tell you that the parents who are members of the Weston A. Price Foundation we know we give a lot of advice on and these babies Rochelle they are so beautiful they are strong they are outgoing <laughs> they laugh a lot they don't cry very much mm -hmm. uh, it's just a joy to behold and all all our parents need i'm not blaming any parent i'm i'm blaming the advice that they're getting mm -hmm. because this is the time when you have a baby this is the time when you are most open to nutritional advice you want to know how to feed your baby so that baby's healthy and strong and smart mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. parent wants this because that's what children deserve. They deserve to grow up healthy, strong, and smart and, and attractive, too. And um, they're not getting the right advice, unfortunately. Sally, you um, had cut out at some point, and it, oh, okay. it may just have been on my, line, my end. But what is it? Can you just repeat what it is we need to offer our babies and children? 
Oh, so the the diet that we recommend, the first foods are egg yolk and liver because those Mm -hmm. are the highest cholesterol foods Mm -hmm. and also very high in choline, which they need to make the brain connections. So egg yolks, liver, butter, cream, meats, uh, you know, good, robust, uh, healthy, high fat, high cholesterol foods. That's what Mm -hmm. our children need. Mm-hmm. I had a fascinating conversation with um, Dr. Stephanie Seneff last week, who's the senior research scientist at MIT studying the toxic effects of Roundup. And one primary way of healing for all of us, as we have all been exposed to Roundup to some degree, um, either in our diet or in our environment. And she said that the that nourishing healthy fats are essential in, yes, in yes. healing ourselves from um from the toxicity and not just from Roundup, but I would imagine all kinds of different levels of toxicity that we're exposed to today. Can you say anything about that? Yes. Well, we make uh, enzymes and hormones that help us get rid of toxic metals and toxins like, you know, DDT and things. And all of that hormone and enzyme production is is supported by saturated fats and vitamin A. I, I always say vitamin A is my favorite vitamin, but we are so deficient in vitamin A today because people think you can get vitamin A from carrots or um, or plant foods, uh, but uh, we can't. You really need the animal fats to get the vitamin A. Mm-hmm. And would you, we can probably dive into this right now, The, the um, you talk about feel-good chemicals. chemicals. Can you talk about how this is? Well, this is one of the most fascinating areas of science that's come forward today and that is that our bodies make exactly the same chemicals that are found in marijuana, uh, opium, in even cocaine. We make these endogenous chemicals. We make cannabinoids. They are identical to what's in marijuana and we have receptors for these cannabinoids. When we make them in our body, it's the whole system is balanced and healthy and we don't have addiction we don't have you know side effects or withdrawal we have we just feel good and i like to say the natural state of the body is to be high all the time to be happy and we have this emotional biochemistry that will ensure that we're happy but it requires certain things that we get from our food and one of these things is a fat called arachidonic acid it's an omega-6 fatty acid that we get only i mean only from animal fats Mm -hmm. like butter lard uh, egg yolks and so forth and arachidonic acid is the precursor to these cannabinoids they are made out of arachidonic acid. So if you're not getting arachidonic acid in your diet, you can't make these feel-good chemicals and you feel lousy. And uh, so you will be very prone to addictions. Same with the opioids. Uh, we all know about serotonin. We know about dopamine. Uh, these chemicals require the animal fats for our bodies to produce them. And if we don't eat the animal fats and get the vitamins that are there in the animal fats, you know, we're just going to feel lousy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes so much sense. 
So, Sally, you say um, in your book on um, page 33, you say a news item celebrating the 85th anniversary of Frigidaire's electric refrigerator recently listed the contents of the fridge then and now. In 1918, a bottle of whole raw milk, eggs, lard, cream, churned butter, homemade lemonade, homemade cottage cheese, apple butter, homemade jelly, fresh meat. Today, it's one gallon of reduced fat, ultra-pasteurized and homogenized milk, eggs, fat-free margarine, flavored non-dairy creamer, sports drinks, squeezable yogurts, colored ketchup, bagged salad, ice cream, and frozen dinners. In other words, in 1918, Americans ate real food, including including plenty of animal fats. Today, Americans eat mostly processed food, and the animal fats have largely disappeared. Only eggs have survived the food puritan finger-wagging, probably because fake eggs are just too disgusting for words. <laughs> can you can you speak to... So, you know, we're talking about all of these amazing foods that, that really needs to be reintegrated into our children's diet, but the... It's like a combination of things happening where they, they're not getting that, but then they're also getting these processed foods right. that are filled with preservatives and dyes and Colors. gums. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and a lot of those, you know, we actually have a certain tolerance to preservatives and, and mm-hmm. that type of thing that they're adding to the food, but uh, not without the animal fats. And by the way, notice that the eight, 1918 refrigerator had a number of items that contained sugar. Mm-hmm. apple butter and jelly so people were eating sugar in those days but their health was so much better than it is today mm-hmm. uh, because well it was less sugar for sure but also the, they were just eating so many real foods and they ate organ meats i can't stress this enough people ate liver once a week because the doctors told them to the mm-hmm. hot dogs had organ meats in them mm-hmm. you know the the we're just not getting these organ meats today. And, you know, the organ meats are 10 to 100 times more nutritious than the muscle meats. Mm. Sally, can you speak to, you know, like um, sourcing these foods? Do you, uh, I know Weston A. Price Foundation is really good at, um, you know, the shopping list and really pointing people to the direction of where to find these nourishing foods. Right. When we started and we were advocating raw milk or grass-fed butter or organ meats from grass-fed animals, they were really hard to find. Mm -hmm. So we felt we needed to put our money where our mouths were. And we did two things, Rochelle. First of all, we set up a local chapter system that covers the whole United States. We have over 500 local chapters and each chapter keeps a local food list. So let's just say you've moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, okay, and you want to find these foods. I'll tell you where the stores are that sell these foods. Uh, but the second thing we did was publish a shopping guide. And we, it's funny, we've just done a little chart of uh, how that shopping guide has grown. The first one was in 2003. And at that time, I think we had five sources of pastured raw butter and today there's 28 we Mm -hmm. had um you know two sources of lard and now there's dozens and dozens of sources so that chopping guide has grown from about um 15 pages to almost 100 pages so Mm -hmm. we've really seen a growth in the availability of these foods and what i like is that so many of these foods we're recommending are produced by real farmers 
family farms and artisan uh, food pr- producers, which is, it's really the beginning of a, a great fluorescence of um, prosperity on the local level. Mm-hmm. This is really fantastic. Would you say that, um, like, what would be the best way to support, um, you know, this movement? Is it really plugging into our local farmers? Uh, yes. Uh, w- what I like to say, spend 50% of your food budget locally. And we can, we'll talk more with <laughs> Sally Fallon Morrell when we, on the other side of this break. You can connect with Sally Fallon Morrell's pioneering work at westonaprice.org and nourishingtraditions.com. We will be right back with Sally Fallon Morrell. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright. Revolutionary Wellness. Subscribe today at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and begin your journey into the mystery. Engage with experts in topics of nourishment, wisdom, and empowerment. Develop mental clarity. Live wholeheartedly and be empowered to live an authentic life of passion and purpose. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. Log on and subscribe to Revolutionary Wellness Magazine today and experience the publication devoted to your journey toward extraordinary health and well-being. RevolutionaryWellnessMagazine.com Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is a clinician of mind body medicine, lifestyle change, and self healing. She is a life mentor, author, and publisher of Revolutionary Wellness Magazine. You can reach Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Just to let you know that Revolutionary Wellness Magazine is planning to launch in a couple of weeks. There are inspiring individuals featured in this issue, including articles by Donna Gamarkagard on Ranchers Standing with Standing Rock, Emily Frost on Empowering Women and Girls with Real Talk, Dr. Christine Page on the Healing Power of the Sacred Woman, Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride on the Gut and Psychology Syndrome, and Tangam Chandra Sekran on Airs to Our Oceans, as well as other beautiful individuals that are sharing their passions with the world. If you haven't noticed, I'm on a mission to ignite a wellness revolution and Revolutionary Wellness Magazine is being created to help us all become the healthiest, wisest, most nourished and empowered people we can be so that we can bring that wellness and that nourishment and wisdom into the world and thereby reimagine and co-create the more beautiful and well world we all know in our hearts is possible. My guest today is Sally Fallon Morell, and we are talking today about her groundbreaking new book, Nourishing Fats. It's a well-researched, thought-provoking guide to traditional fats containing 
uh, startling message that animal fats and cholesterol are not villains, but vital factors in the diet, necessary for normal growth, proper function of the brain and nervous system, protection from disease and optimal energy levels and happiness. Sally Fallon Morell is the president of the Weston A. Price Foundation, and you can connect with her work on WestonAPrice.org and NourishingTraditions.com. Welcome back, Sally. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So um, can we dive into the protecting against specific diseases and inflammation? Right. I did devote a chapter to this. So the early propaganda against saturated fats all centered around heart disease. And they sort of made this argument that the saturated fats were going to be hard in your arteries, like fat going down a pipe, and it would clog your arteries, like your arteries were some kind of pipe. Well, that's not at all how that happens. And, you know, your bodies aren't cold. They're, they're tropical. They're almost 100 degrees. So even if that were true, <laughs> the fats would be very liquid in your body. Uh, but it's not, that's just not the way it works. But anyway, so that's how it started. But then over time, the saturated fats were blamed for everything, starting with cancer. And it's very, very difficult to make the argument that saturated fats cause cancer because they're stable. And the early studies showed that it was the vegetable oils that cause cancer, not the, the saturated fats. But nevertheless, they blame the saturated fats because they use the argument that the saturated fats cause inflammation. And that is something that I do address in the book they do not cause inflammation. They actually suppress inflammation. Uh, they, saturated fats will help your body become inflamed if you've injured it. That's a very good thing to have inflammation if you've injured yourself. Otherwise, you would be in excruciating pain. Uh, and then saturated fats contain th- things that will modulate that inflammation when you don't need it anymore. They help it go away. Uh, one of the, uh, I talk about the Kidney Foundation. If you go to the Kidney Foundation website, they, it's the same old, same old, same old. They say don't eat saturated fats. And we have a huge problem with kidney disease in this country. It's the number one uh, drain on our health budget, more money spent on kidney disease than any other disease. And there are studies showing that when you give saturated fat to animals with poor kidney function, they they the kidney function becomes normal in 100% of the animals, in all of the animals. Mm-hmm. So you would think that this would be shouted to the skies. Mm-hmm. And we know one of the reasons for this, one of the fats in butter and animal fats is called myristic acid. And myristic acid is critical for kidney function. There is a process that goes... We just lost Sally for just a moment. I think it's interesting that the public never hears about this research. So Sally, we're talking about the, you know, like some really big disease processes, but what about the everyday, like chronic pain, a person that might have a migraine? How is saturated fat, you know, and eating these healthy fats, nourishing fats, how would that support? Well, I don't know about migraines. I I actually didn't look into that. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I wouldn't be surprised if, mm-hmm. if your animal fats would help that. But yes, we have an epidemic of chronic pain, and people are taking uh, marijuana for the pain because marijuana does help modulate pain. But wouldn't it be better 
to make your own internal marijuana. And that's what we make out of arachidonic acid that it occurs only in animal fats. Mm. Plus, to have the receptors work for these chemicals, you need cholesterol. So, the combination of no animal fats and then people are lowering their cholesterol with drugs, uh, it is a recipe for chronic pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it's just so hard to... Um, Except the science, which says, really, to avoid chronic pain, you need to be eating a lot of animal fats. Mm-hmm. You say um, cholesterol is a vital part of the cell membrane structure in yes. all animals and humans. Cholesterol's yes. key role is to keep the cell membrane waterproof so that different biochemical processes are possible on the inside and outside of the cell. It's also provides powerful antioxidant production to the cell membrane. And the greatest concentration of cholesterol occurs in the brain and the nervous system and then in the muscles. Cholesterol serves as the precursor to the bile salts necessary for digesting fats and vitamin D. It is the parent substance out of which all the sex hormones are made, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and also the many hormones produced in the adrenal cortex. Can you speak to this a little bit more? I think people are very surprised to learn that estrogen and testosterone are made out of cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And for your body to make these out of cholesterol, you need saturated fats to support that process. And you need vitamin A, which you get from the animal fats. Mm -hmm. And especially young people, I think young men are very interested in maximizing that testosterone production. (laughs) Um, But they've been made to feel so worried about their cholesterol levels. And that's bound to have a negative effect on their testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned a story in my book of a practitioner in San Diego who has seen young men as young as 20 years old, 22 years old, with erectile dysfunction. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty serious at that age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, her prescription for them is to eat a stick of butter a day and six egg yolks a day. And Mm -hmm. she says, you just do that and come and see me in a month. And they usually waltz into her office grinning from ear to ear. (laughs) This works. (laughs) And, uh, you know, what? um, this is information that could make so many people happy, (laughs) 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 men and women. And also the women, um, you know, women need estrogen and a little bit of testosterone. And, again, that's all made out of uh, cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So... You know, cholesterol is our friend, and this animal fats are our friends. And that's a, just one other way that they contribute to a happy life. Mm. You, you say Dr. Price's main focus was with the teeth. In, in his travels to remote corners of the globe, he found 14 isolated groups that exhibited excellent dental health. They had very few cavities and all had broad faces and naturally straight teeth. At the same time, they exhibited splendid physical de- development. They had strong bones and exhibited excellent growth good posture and good musculature and his research can his research convinced him that rich dietary sources of vitamin a and d along with activator x were responsible for this optimal development and freedom from dental caries can you talk about a bit about that Absolutely. So this activator X, he didn't know what it was. Well, we now know that it's vitamin K and vitamin K is kind of the vitamin du jour. Mm -hmm. And uh, vitamin K, if you have a lot of vitamin K in your saliva, plus plenty of calcium and phosphorus in your diet, you do not get cavities because Mm -hmm. the vitamin K is what you need to 
put the calcium and phosphorus in your teeth and your teeth, there's a constant turnover of minerals in your teeth. At the same time, the vitamin K keeps those minerals out of your arteries and your soft tissues and that's exactly what you want. You don't want the calcium building up in your arteries because that's what causes hardening of the arteries. So where do we get vitamin K? Well, guess where? Uh, We get it from the best sources are duck fat, Goose fat, duck liver, and goose liver. So there you have the healthy French with low rates of heart disease. Mm -hmm. And butter, uh, egg yolks, and my favorite best source of vitamin K is aged cheeses. So Mm -hmm. good hard cheddar or gouda. These will be rich sources of vitamin K, and they help you have strong bones, but they keep the calcium out of your soft tissues so they, mm-hmm. they put calcium where, where it belongs so and that vitamin k can't work without the a and d those three vitamins work together as a kind of triangle and you need all three of them and again these come from the animal fats the organ meats the egg yolks the lard all the food that we're not supposed to eat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're, this is all pasture-raised animals we're talking well about. you will you will maximize it in the pasture-raised foods but let's face it many okay. of us can't get pasture-raised foods all the time or okay. don't have access mm-hmm. uh, you can still do pretty well if you know how to shop in the supermarket okay that's excellent and Sally, how do we support this movement? What would you recommend? Well, I recommend visiting the Weston A. Price Foundation website. And by mm-hmm. the way, uh, in about a week, we're launching a beautiful new homepage. And mm-hmm. we have a membership campaign starting next week where we'll be offering $10 off the regular membership. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are supported by memberships. And... Uh, of our funding comes from members, Uh, you know, uh, hundreds of little checks coming in. Mm -hmm. So I would just urge your listeners to become members and support the work we do and receive our journal. And then uh, also, if you'd like to visit my uh, blog, nourishingtraditions.com, I'm always updating, talking about the latest research. As you say, I just had a four-part series on bringing up baby, which Mm -hmm. was... um, pretty controversial actually (laughs) Mm. you know we have a we do have a couple minutes would you be up for diving into a little bit of that okay well again as i said the advice given to pregnant women nursing women and for babies is is really tragic and there's this notion that when you start to wean your baby you put some carrots or pieces of green pepper or something or a rice cake on their tray and you just uh, and this is before babies even have teeth (laughs) and that's going to nourish babies and the the saying is foods before one are just for fun and nothing could be further from the truth Uh, foods before one matter a ton uh, this is the time of the life of their life when they're growing the fastest and when they're making the most connections in their brain and they need They absolutely need support from nutrient-dense foods like liver and egg yolk. In almost all traditional societies, the first food for babies is liver. Usually the moms chew it and then give it to the babies. Well, you don't have to do that. You can make a puree. And uh, typically weaning starts at about six months. Uh, You can breastfeed for as long as you want. But by six months, they need Um, more um, iron, uh, they need more choline, and that's what they get from these nutrient-dense foods. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. 
My guest today has been Sally Fallon Morrell. And if you are interested in peeling back the veil of nutrition dogma around nourishing fats, you'll definitely want to pick up her latest book, Nourishing Fats, Why We Need Animal Fats for Health and Happiness. Thank you so much, Sally, for being with us today on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio and for doing the pioneering work that you do to help us live out the healthiest lives we possibly can. There's so much more to learn, so be sure to order Sally's latest book, Nourishing Fats, as well as her other books on Amazon and connect with her on her website, nourishingtraditions.com and westonaprice.org. It's been such a pleasure, Sally. Thank you so much for being with us today. And, and thank you, Rochelle, for the work that you're doing. It's a pleasure being on your show. It's my pleasure having you. And to all of my listeners, you'll definitely not want to miss next week's episode where Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio will be launching its premiere episode of the Precipice series that will be brought to us by Annie Levin, where we will be wondering out loud together as we navigate the often perplexing ecological, social, economic, and existential realities of our times. Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio's Precipice series aspires to stand at the edge, the edge of what we know, the edge of what we understand, the edge of what's familiar, and to see what conversations emerge from there. Hosted by Annie Levin, the Precipice's Precipice series will invite guests willing to explore the unknown terrain with us. The guests may be experts in certain things, but none of us are experts in navigating this time. So we will be wondering out loud together, as I mentioned. So be sure to mark your calendars for Precipice's premiere episode and Annie's ongoing series that will gather every third Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. And in the meantime, you can join us on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio's Facebook page, follow our Twitter feed at Revolution Well, and connect with us on our website at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. You can also go to revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and watch for that as that will be launching soon it is such a pleasure to be here with you all on revolutionary wellness talk radio thank you for joining us on this journey until next time i'm rochelle mclaughlin may you be well and may we all be well follow us on twitter at voice america trn get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn you for opening your heart and mind to a new way of being to greater degrees of self-compassion and wellness and your experience of your own infinite potential with revolutionary wellness talk radio join host rochelle next thursday at 2 p.m pacific 5 p.m eastern time to turn courageously towards your own unique experience of health and wellness here on the voice america health and wellness channel Remember, you too can experience revolutionary wellness.